and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Boniudo, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset brings you evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we grow and change. I want to thank you in advance for your continued support of The Therapist Mindset. My heart is so full of gratitude. If you want to continue to support this podcast, please give us a five-star review, a follow, and a share. I cannot thank you enough. It means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get started. Thank you for joining me today on The Therapist Mindset. I'm so excited to have you here today. Today we are talking about self-sabotage. Do people ever say to you, you can't get out of your own way? That's self-sabotage, baby. What is self-sabotage? Self-sabotage is when people do or don't do things that block their success or prevent them from accomplishing their goals. That means we are getting in our own way. We're doing it to ourselves, baby. This can be on a conscious or unconscious level. Self-sabotaging behaviors could be personally or professionally. Um, They lead to us sabotaging that healthy relationship or that dream job. Some examples about self-sabotage are finally getting into a healthy relationship and now you do some toxic behavior to mess it up. Or finally getting that dream job and procrastinating on your first deadline and missing it or not setting your alarm correctly and being late on your first day. Those are self-sabotaging behaviors that prevent us from the success or achieving the goals that we want to accomplish. I talk a lot about self-sabotage because I think a lot of us deal with self-sabotage. It's something that resonates with many of us, and we're going to get into why. There's actually neuroscience or neurobiology around self-sabotage. I recommend reading The 5AM Club. It's a book by Robin Sharma. It's a super interesting book. Um, I decided to read it just basically because of the title, The 5AM Club, because I'm an early riser. I wasn't always an early riser, but motherhood has gifted me with becoming an early riser. I was able through motherhood to find the beauty in waking up in the morning before anyone else was awake and having that peaceful time to myself. So the 5am club really talks about creating a healthy morning routine and how if you create this morning routine it sets you up for the entire day. One of the things that one of the characters says in the book is own your morning, elevate your life, something along those lines. And I'd have to agree. For me, it's really true. And I know my sister, the same thing. She gets up before everybody else. I would say on vacation, she even gets up before me, but she gets up before everyone else because there's that peace that 
that brings you peace in the morning, that peace that we find in the morning before anyone else is up, before there's any noise, before we're overstimulated, you know, to have this time to get a good start to our day. So anyway, it's the 5 a.m. club by Robin Sharma, and I highly recommend it. But in this book, they talk about the neurobiology of self-sabotage. And I know a fair amount about brain science, but I never really thought about sabotaging, self-sabotage in a neurobiological kind of way. And I can nerd out on this stuff. So I was excited about it. So let's get into the neurobiology of self-sabotage. So we humans have a brain. So in the book, they call the oldest part of the brain, the ancient brain. In psychology, we call this the lizard brain. So the oldest part of the brain is this tiny little part in the center, deep in the brain. It's made up of our um, amygdala. And that is where our stress response is. So the amygdala processes our fear, our fight, flight, freeze, stress response. It's the oldest part of the brain. They call it the lizard brain because that's even the dinosaurs had amygdalas. So basically the amygdala contributes to our survival. It tells us when to eat, when to sleep, when to run, when to fight, when to procreate. The amygdala is the oldest part of the brain and it's credited with helping us survive. As we have evolved, the primitive brain or lizard brain, the amygdala or the ancient brain as as it's called in the 5am club, the primitive brain has remained the same. It has continued to help us survive, continues to warn us against all kinds of threats, and continues to, you know, tell us when to put on a coat when it's too cold or when to go to sleep when we're overtired or when to eat when we're hungry. So the fascinating thing about the amygdala is that part of the job to keep us safe is to warn us about all kinds of things that could go wrong. And this is what neuroscientists have coined the negativity bias. So when people tell me that they're constantly thinking of everything that could go wrong, I say, congratulations, your brain is doing its job. That's the job of our brain to tell us what could go wrong. The problem arises as we as humans have evolved, our environment is no longer as dangerous as it once was. We're no longer fending off saber-toothed tigers or having to hunt and gather to get put food on the table and survive. So the negativity bias, although it's a still a function of the brain, it's still necessary to warn us of danger, it's not as necessary. It's no longer necessary to warn us of everything that could possibly go wrong if we buy the red shoes instead of the black shoes. So in order to keep us safe, the negativity bias focuses on what's bad in our environment and it's kind of less interested in the good things. But just to recap, since we don't 
face danger or face death like we used to, it's no longer needed. Our brain still scans for threats, but because the threats are no longer grave threats, they're no longer fatal threats, a lot of these threats are really not threats at all. Like I said, it might be a decision about whether you should buy red shoes instead of black shoes or whether you should order, you know, Mexican or Chinese. So the negativity bias, although doing its job, sometimes in modern times, it does us a disservice. And that's where self-sabotage fits in. Hold that thought. We'll come back to that. So as we evolved as a species, as our brain evolved, in addition to the lizard brain, the ancient brain, we developed a prefrontal cortex. This is the part of our brain that's responsible for advanced thinking, creative thinking. It's responsible for us reasoning. It's responsible for us thinking and problem solving, creating things, being productive, performing, changing with the environment. So the lizard brain helps us survive And now the prefrontal cortex developed to help us be more creative and productive and thrive. Does this make sense? So sometimes we'll get these awesome ideas, these awesome creative ideas, like I want to start a business or I think I'm going to cook a meal I've never tried before. And that's an awesome idea. That the prefrontal for pre blah 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 blah. I'm getting a little tripped up on my words here. Prefrontal cortex helped you to come up with this creative, awesome idea. But here's where the self sabotage comes in. That primitive brain, that lizard brain, starts to tell you everything that could go wrong. The negativity bias kicks in. And even though you have this awesome creative idea, you want to try something different, you want to take risks, the negativity bias starts listing off all of the things that could go wrong with that. And then what typically happens is we start to second guess our idea. We start to say, maybe this isn't such a great idea. What if this? What if that? What if it doesn't taste good? What if it's a flop? What if I'm not successful? So instead of taking the risk and trying it, many people decide to just do nothing. And then you never know. You never know if it was a success. You never know if you could have done something awesome. You never know if it could have been the best meal you ever cooked or the the most successful business you could have ever imagined. Because your negativity bias helped you, contributed you to you self-sabotaging and not following through with the behavior that would have helped you to achieve your goal. I hope you guys are following me. <laughs> Let me know in the comments or send me an email and I would be happy to clear anything up. The amygdala also helps us to, you know, avoid threats. 
So when we're trying something new, it's appropriate. It's normal. When we're trying something we've never tried before, even if that's cooking a new meal, baking, a tennis lesson, if we're trying something we've never tried before, it's appropriate that we're going to be nervous about it. So what happens though is that nervousness that's appropriate at times could signal a stress response in your brain, a fight, flight, or freeze response telling you that this is not okay and your appropriate level of anxiety or nervousness turns into a full-blown fear and we start to second-guess our decision. We start to say, again, this isn't a good idea and we self-sabotage it. Perhaps going on a first date, you finally um, perhaps met somebody, you've been talking, chatting online, and you're about to meet for the first date. It's appropriate that you would be nervous or have some anxiety. That's perfectly normal. But self-sabotaging, that negativity bias, if it's telling you everything that could go wrong on this date, what if he doesn't like you? What if you don't like him? What if um, you eat too much? What if you eat with your mouth open? What if he says something offensive? Just anything that the negativity bias could come up with, it just spits out at you. And then before you've even given this date a chance, you're already thinking about backing out, no-showing, canceling, and then you never really know if you would have made a good decision, if it would have been the best decision you could have made going on that date. You never know. So self-sabotaging creates behaviors that prevent us from being successful and following our goals. I'm having a hard time talking today. Bear with me. And our brain, the way our brain was developed with this internal mechanism to keep us safe and survive contributes to our self-sabotaging by thinking and telling us every little thing that could possibly go wrong. And this is why fewer and fewer people take risks. This is why the majority of people do not take risks. The majority of people do not follow through on awesome ideas that they have. The majority of people do not follow their dreams and make them happen because they are sabotaging they are self-sabotaging and not following through on what they want to do for fear of everything that could go wrong. I hope that makes sense to you. So the book is The 5 a.m. Club. And one of the suggestions is they say treat your brain like a child. You want to just feed it positive thoughts, optimistic thoughts. So we're, the negativity bias has helped us get in the habit of thinking of everything that could go wrong. So we want to change that habit. Get in the habit of thinking about everything that could go right. Get in the habit of instead of saying, what if this doesn't work out? Say, what if this does work out? And get in the habit of, instead of fearing everything, get in the habit of becoming excited for it. So let's pull some cards. Let's pull some cards. How do you deal with self-sabotage using dialectical behavior therapy? 
Dialectical Behavior Therapy is an evidence-based therapy developed by Marsha Linehan. And it focuses on interpersonal relationships, setting boundaries, and changing your behavior, using your senses to self-soothe. So how can we prevent self-sabotage by using dialectical behavior therapy. So one of the things in the dialectical behavior therapy curriculum is letting go of judgments. So part of the negativity bias is this negative self-talk. So a lot of times that's self-judging, self-shaming. So when we replace those judgments with affirming thoughts, with positive thoughts about ourselves then we're more likely to be excited and motivated and follow through. So we all have judgments, but the thing is not to let it stick. Be aware of your judgment. Say, okay, I'm really judging myself now. Let me be more compassionate and loving with myself. Let's see what other DBT skills might be helpful for us. What other DBT skills might be helpful for us? The other side. So this DBT skill called the other side is it recognizes that we often default to the negative. That's the negativity bias. So ask yourself, what might be the hidden opportunity? What's the silver lining? What are the strengths? What are the resources? What skills can I get better at and aim to play to your strengths, aim to strengthen your skills. So asking yourself, what is, what is the other side of this negativity? What are the opportunities here? So instead of looking for problems, look for opportunities, look for solutions. I also have a work wellness card deck and I would like to see if we can pull a card from that so let's see the work wellness skill deck we will pull from the section called connect how can you connect with other people and prevent self-sabotage let's see use your voice be confident in your knowledge and experience so lack of confidence contributes to self-sabotage. Be confident in your experience. Be confident in your knowledge that you're the expert for your specific genre, your niche. You're the expert for whatever you're doing, whether it's in a meeting or individually with your supervisor. Speak up. Be confident about your ideas and your perspective and share them. Start small. If you're nervous, if you lack confidence, add an agenda item or tell your boss you want to talk about one thing and then talk about it. But be confident. Some tips that I share with people to be confident when they're speaking to people or in anxiety provoking situations is write a script. 
Write down what you want to say and practice it in the mirror or with a trusted friend or your spouse or partner. But practice, write it down. What do you want to say? And practice saying it. Remember, the brain doesn't know the difference between imagery and real life. So when you're practicing, even with yourself in the mirror, the brain doesn't know that you're not practicing with your boss. So that practice helps to create the habit of self-confidence. Again, it's the 5am club by Robert Robin Sharma. I will put the name in the show notes. I thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Self-sabotage, it's self-sabotage, baby. You're getting in your own way. I hope these tools helped for a future with less self-sabotage and more insights. Please email me at thetherapistmindset at gmail.com if you have any questions, if you have any topics you want to discuss on the show, and any feedback, I would truly appreciate it. You can follow me on TikTok, The Therapist Mindset. I love you. Be well. Namaste.